1: And welcome to Light Years, Andy Lou, I am back, dude. You look so how you happy, doing, brother.
2: You look so happy.
1: What's going on? You know, you know vacation—it's good. It rejuvenates the soul. Um, I had a good time. Got out of got out of the country. Went overseas. Woo. Went over to Europe. Saw some mm. family. Um, you know, I was a little worried how the flight would go with a toddler. Went better than I. Well, no, that's not true. The <laughs> flight there was literally the worst experience of my life, but the flight back was not. And anyone who has a small child can relate to this. You just have a way of zoning out the bad. That is like it, it's very hard to relate
2: to it any other way. I'm I'm just surprised that you made it there and back. Not to lie. <laughs> when I when I saw that you were bringing the kid, I couldn't do it. You got any you got any cool stories? Um, universe? I.
1: I am like, actually I have one basketball related story. Mm. I want to share this one. Okay. So I went to a, so I went to Europe. Um, uh, and and for those who followed, like I've, I have family who lives in the UK and in France and um, grandparents, mom's side, that sort of thing. Anyway, as I was wandering through, I wanted to go into one of the main Nike stores, you know, like one of those like four or five story ones. Cause I was just curious, Uh, Well, one, I was curious if I could find some, like, obscure sneakers for myself. But putting that aside, um, I was curious, like, what the NBA display would look like. And so it kind of looked like you'd expect. Like, uh, most of the players they highlighted were the ones you'd expect. So, like, what jerseys were the big highlighted ones? Steph, LeBron, Giannis, Luca, Ja. But there was a sixth player. Caught me off guard, I'm gonna just ask you to take a guess I mean, oh, just Lord. you don't know just anyone listening to this he he hasn't he hasn't heard of this, so those first five I listed are probably five of the six or seven names you would have guessed mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I said right
2: Give me Who a western think? conference or Eastern conference. let me narrow it halfway halfway
1: i i give you I give you two hints Eastern okay. conference and they're okay. an active player. it's not okay. m j right so it's it's not like it's not kobe it's not m j
2: okay okay um it is. It is Donovan Mitchell.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) it's a good guess, though. You're getting, you're kind of close. Um, I figured guard, my second guess would have been Jalen Brunson after that. Oh, that would have been a great guess. My, my, honestly, my first guess would have been like Tatum, but the fact that I'm like playing it off as obscure Mm -hmm. throws Mm -hmm. that off. Um, DeMar DeRozan. Oh,
2: that, 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 okay.
1: That does make sense it does it it makes sense because if you know anything about traveling abroad they think the bulls are like real madrid they think they're like the biggest deal and it it just it it just it reminds me how big michael jordan is like if we're being honest like you and me the bulls are trash they've been terrible most of your life Right. right um The only reason I can say they haven't been terrible most of my life is because I'm a little older than you. So I remember MJ, but basically they've been terrible for 25 years, minus a year and a half of Derek Rose. Uh, but they still carry weight. They still carry weight as if they are like a glamor franchise. Uh, and, and I, really think like nothing displays how big a deal. Michael Jordan is as that fact, because I guarantee you if the warriors suck for 25 years, we're not going to see Warrior jerseys all over the place because of Steph Curry. All right. I I don't think like there's no Cavs jerseys there. As big a deal as LeBron is, it's pivot to Laker jerseys, you know? I, I don't know. I, it just it just sticks in my mind like that the dude literally is the biggest thing that ever happened in the NBA. Uh,
2: in that he makes like DeMar DeRozan wow, like matter, you know? Wow. And I, I think DeMar DeRozan being like a plays like five percent of who MJ was um, right, right. It's, it's, his day. The <laughs> highlights kind of look similar. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. DeMar DeRozan, who I think I saw a post the other day from the most overrated players in the NBA, and DeMar DeRozan was up there. I think that's about right. DeMar DeRozan being a uh, being promoted across the globe alongside uh Steph and, and and LeBron is insane. Steph, Braun, Luca, Giannis,
1: DeRozan. Wow. <laughs> wow the, the jaw one cracked me up but like at least we knew jaw was like yeah, yeah just yeah. kind of you know we'll see how long that jersey's there but <laughs> but you know he had his moment oh, Wow, wow shout out to london or wherever you were france yeah, You're, uh, yeah. wow it was a place I'll, I'll keep my i'll keep it to myself but um part uh what i was gonna say you know you know what i got to watch on the flight right what i Ooh. watched uh the underrated doc yes sir uh, I well, one, I watched a lot, a lot of things, but <laughs> it was a long flight. But, um, you know what? I was so excited to come on this pod and hate on the documentary. I was, I was, uh, because I just, you know, Steph's my favorite player, mm-hmm. but I can't co sign making documentaries before you retire.
2: I also think I'm gonna throw this out there because I'm with you. I don't like documentaries because I don't feel like they are anything but the actual person telling me how we should view them. As much as I love the Michael Jordan documentary, a little bit of a puff piece. This is all it is to me. (laughs) Right. What I would prefer to watch or read is something done by someone who's good at it. Obviously, who's done it before. Who's third party. Yeah. Like they're just great at it. I mean. Thirty for thirty used to do a lot of that stuff, right? You'd be growing up, you'd read yeah. history books on the on a lot of that stuff, and some of it was great, some of it was not. But I do think nowadays these documentaries are just okay. Is this just going to be Steph telling us how great he is for two hours? I'm I'm all for it, Sam. I'm with. you. I'm gonna let you get your take off on it. I'm all for it, <laughs> but I am skeptical, right? I was skeptical for going and watching this as well. I was also skeptical,
1: but um, my take on it was it wasn't actually a documentary, like in the sense of Life story. It was more a piece on his high school, college years. Um, which one was fun to watch because you saw footage you hadn't seen. Two, the Davidson run was pretty cool. And it's kind of, I don't want to say it's forgotten, but it's like in the scheme of things we care about, it's not the first or the second or the third thing I think about with Steph Curry, right? Um, and so I, I walked away from it, you know, like the the softy I am, like I, I can't hate. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed seeing video stuff I hadn't seen. And I enjoyed the fact that it was really more focused on kind of like the come up instead of
2: trying to actually be a biopic. So I, I, I can get behind it. I think he did it in a way that I agree with you. It's less so about, who he is in his NBA career, more mm. so about who he has been, uh, or sorry, who he has been growing up, because you know, when Marcus wrote the uh the rise golden, um miraculous, and, every, miraculous and, every, and everything about him, right? And everything about him becoming who he is today, um, I think a lot of people at the time really thought, oh, this dude's always been great. His dad was an athlete. He's always he was always going to be a superstar people don't remember the thing with Steph Curry is he wasn't LeBron coming in. He wasn't even Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's number two pick. wasn't even Kevin Durant. He wasn't even like Blake Griffin uh, in his own damn draft. Uh, Guys, there were serious, serious questions about Steph from day one. Um, Like even from, I think even Warriors fans, even myself. Um, So it is pretty cool. Well, it's like, if if we want to play that game, the idea that a six, two guard
1: who kind of has questionable athleticism uh, is going to change like no one saw that coming. Everyone's lying. They saw it, said they saw it coming. So we know we know all that's true. But y- you know what? You know what? I kind of want to talk about is mm. I've been enjoying the Steph Curry media tour. You know, June was uh, Warrior Legend Chris Paul's sixty-one media tour. July has been the underrated media tour. I uh, I haven't seen Steph do this much promotion for anything in a long time. Uh, you know, you saw the hot ones. Mm-hmm. I think he's on Good Morning America this week. Oh. He's done various interviews. He he was on uh, real ones with uh, yeah. with Logan and those.
2: Like he's he he's just doing the tour, the go- golfing. He's he won the ACC. I mean that that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. No. he did he did the Patrick of Mahomes, course, Travis of, Kelsey. Of course, Vegas. by the way,
1: of course he hits the most improbable game winner in that tournament. Right? The dude's just,
2: just like that. But anyway, yeah. I mean the- you everything. It's been all stuff. Nothing basketball. <laughs> nothing nothing's nothing on the court related. Um I think it's funny before you get to your next point. I think it's funny related to Chris Paul too, because Chris Paul did a did a did a press tour on his book coming out. And uh he got traded twice during <laughs> <laughs> he got traded twice during it, and he's just out here looking miserable, talking about his book and and now he's kind of it's a big difference between Steph. What I'm trying to say is it's a big difference between Steph doing a press tour and CP3 doing a press tour. I think people care more about uh <laughs> more about one of those guys doing a press tour. So,
1: yeah, and what I was gonna say by the way, um, CP did a uh, live pod with Russillo, uh during the whole thing, and I watched, I listened to, and watched it. Um, on one of my flights and it was the funniest thing ever because it was on the three days he was a wizards player so it was like in the he had no clues going to the warriors he was just lamenting like the trade and like how these things happen and then like three days later he gets traded again it was it was entertaining but um back to staff i think what's interesting is how consistent he's been on the same answers related to last season and next season he's kind of gone into it over and over again, talking about how they didn't have any variety to the way they played last year. Like ultimately they just ran and Chuck threes. That's all they had, which, you know, we did about a hundred podcasts last year in which our general theme was all they're doing is running and chucking threes. They have no offense. They don't do anything other than that. Um, and, and, and I think it's interesting he's you know he keeps talking about how uh chris Paul will give them a change up give them a different look give them the ability to play more than one style of basketball uh and and to me like that makes me really confident for next year because it sounds so focused with what they want to do and I think about it compared to this year it seems like a guy who's like we Last year, was we wasted our time. We, we blew it. We did all this stuff. I have a very clear idea of how I want next year to go, and I'm going to make sure it happens.
2: I have never heard Steph that locked in to what he wants. At least he doesn't tell us. Um, he Pub- has front probably will face. Yes, ever. He's never done it. Not once. And outside of what you're saying about having a different look to give defenses, uh, he's also talked so much about having more adults in the locker room. And that always, always, always shocks me, especially this offseason, because he said it in every interview and it's Steph doesn't say anything that matters, anything right. that matters unless i yeah. um, uh, right un, until I think now uh, to your point about Chris Paul, number one, and then number two leadership in the locker room, I think that will be fascinating because I'm I'm a little more skeptical than you on the Paul stuff. No idea how that's gonna work with Draymond. You got two hot heads that I think could easily, you know, turn this season down, down the drain, but still proven veteran-winning leaders. And that's not what the Warriors had last season. Like to me, it all it felt so much like Steph just really got sick of not having dudes in their 30s trying to win a championship. I think that was his thing. Or or late 20s, right? Prime, late 20s, early 30s, guys that are bought into an agendas. Yeah. 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 I mean, like
1: Looney's in his Somehow, Looney's still in his mid-20s. It's, it's He's weird still 21. It's
2: actually <laughs> absurd. It doesn't make any sense. I can sense. even legally drink, you know?
1: Like, exactly. <laughs> you know, but it's like... um, But to your point, like, it's about guys who are over the me phase of their career. And they're all about, like, winning. He got tired of dealing with dudes who weren't that way. The thing that's interesting to me about this th- th- this whole thing that we're talking about here is... It's like you said, he's more locked into it than I've ever heard him. And I, I kind of want to respond to this real quick. I listened to your, your last pod with Dumas, mm. by the way, shout mm. out Jason, friend of the sure. show. Appreciate it. You're always welcome on. And you, you've said it a couple times. You think I'm more optimistic about the Chris Paul thing than you are. I just want to explain myself real quick on that one. Mm. The reason I'm optimistic on it is because of everything Steph is saying. It doesn't feel like he hasn't considered all the variables going into it. And he's he's coming into it with a, I'm gonna make this work. I'm not, I'm not gonna let this play out and be the nice guy on the wall. I'm gonna make it work. And and the second part of me, which makes me super optimistic about it, is quite frankly, part of the Chris Paul calculus is he's an expiring contract. If it doesn't work, he will not be on this team after the all-star break. Uh, is that a gamble? It's a huge gamble, Mm -hmm. but I feel like as a a warrior fan and someone looking at this, you're playing with house money because on paper, he buys into the second unit role. He gives you that additional playmaker and he, he elevates the aspects of the roster, which quite frankly sucked last year. And if he doesn't, you're moving on from him to different players because his expiring contract and teams will always take that. So, Obviously you don't want the worst case scenario where you're selling him for like an eighth man. Right. Like you're kind of hoping to get better value than that honestly, but it does feel like something that I think is lower risk
2: than you're painting it to be. I there's a level of LeBroning, LeBron GMing yeah, personality yeah. here and and I think the more I think about it the more I think it's fascinating because I don't it's not necessarily Steph's style but he's going into year thirty-five. He's only got a few more years left. And Steph Style himself has always worked. But you're gonna have to make some changes, right? Uh, especially when things don't work, and they didn't last season. Um, they can always do what you talked about, uh uh or what, what the Lakers did, you know, kind of staying with that comparison where they traded Russell Westbrook. It just didn't work, and right. then they traded him uh and it all worked out. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. Ooh, what do we have? You you had a you had a you had a quote up there. Don't do that back up. All right. Pete's throwing this up there's for you. Have you guys heard of beautiful
1: basketball anime out right now called first slam dunk. It's perfect for the off season and
2: it glorifies rebounding and passing and vibes. You said it's for me. It is for me. Number one, it's an anime. I don't, I don't know it. So Pete, thanks for the recommendation. I will, I will put that on the <laughs> queue. Got a bunch of K dramas. I got to get to, first. but it glorifies <coughs> rebounding, passing and vibes. That is unbelievable. This,
1: this sounds like a loony anime. <laughs>
2: I was, uh does Steve Cornell about this? Because if he doesn't, he needs to figure it out. Oh my god. Oh, I see what this is. It's a movie. Okay, I see. I like box it. office 263 million. It's making more than Barbie. Ooh. I might have god, to check it out. I don't, I don't think it I don't think it are you Barbie guy, by the way. Are you are you I, into, the...
1: I have not been. Honestly, I want to see Barbie and Oppenheimer, but mm. it's not it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Hey, I'm there's zero chance I'll see either before they get to a streaming service. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just gonna be shooting honest. It's not happening. So, uh, but but tell me your takes, everyone. Tell me, tell me your takes.
2: <laughs> That's, where uh, That's where we miss Mika's. That's where we miss with the takes. I, I will. Uh, I haven't watched any of them. I need to watch Mission Impossible. But we'll we'll get on that. We'll get on the uh, the first slam dunk. We are in
1: the dead part of the season, so we have time. <laughs> we have time to get into it. We'll do, we'll do our Barbie breakdown the week or something.
2: <laughs> this week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Game Time. Sam, I was in New York, and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was Game Time, because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets, and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy. All the above. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game time. Download the Game time app, create an account. And use light years, L Y G H T, Y E R S for $20 off your first purchase, terms apply, create an account and redeem code light years for twenty dollars off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
1: Should we talk about Dave real quick? Let's go. Let's go. All right, I'm gonna share the quote. So was it Thursday or was it Friday? I can't quite remember, but it was it was the end of the week. Uh From Chris Haynes here, full NBA memo sent to 30 teams regarding rhetoric on trade requests by Dame. Recent media reports state that Damian Lillard's agent, Aaron Goodwin, called multiple NBA teams to warn them against trading Lillard because Lillard only desired trade destinations in Miami. Goodwin also made public comments indicating Lillard would not fully perform the services called for under his contract of trade to other teams. We interviewed Goodwin and Lillard and spoke to several other teams. Goodwin denied that, blah, blah. We advise Goodwin and Lillard that any future comments made privately to teams or publicly suggesting Lillard would not fully perform the services in which under his player contract in the event of a trade, subject Lillard oh. to discipline from the NBA. Man. And we also advise the Players Association that any similar comments from players or agents would be subject going forward. Woo. Adam Silver growing up?
2: Whoa. Ah. I, I thought this was hilarious. I saw this tweet, and I think it's funny because it's Chris Haynes who's who's obviously tapped into Damian Lillard. Um, This is the first time, Samuel, correct me if I'm wrong, that it feels like the NBA commissioner is standing up to what is, I think, player empowerment now on steroids to where it kind of is stupid. (laughs) It's not fun. For the fans it's not fun for anyone except for maybe the players who end up not being happy anyway after being traded to their next destination after a year uh so i think this is the first time i think it's pretty cool i don't know how much of this matters but i do think when dame came out i think the funniest part of all of this is dame tried to tell us how loyal he was for so long Mr. Mr. Loyalty is the one who gets popped, right? I know. And it, 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 it's hilarious to me and it's kind of sad because you were the guy that played the loyalty game for so long. And now you're the one, you're the one that Adam Silver is saying, no, we're not. Like, couldn't they have just done this for James Harden? I feel like he deserves it more. Oh, Kevin he definitely Durant, deserves it.
1: I mean, right? he Kevin Durant is another it. one. And, and, and to your point, I agree. Um, I, I'm curious if it matters because it feels to me like it's four years too late. It feels it's, well, you can tie it to the overall CBA. The CBA was largely smaller market owners saying enough. We have to do something. Like we can't. Keep players, even if we offer them more money, they find a way to go to a bigger market. This is unfair to us, and you can agree or disagree with them. And I think the truth is probably in the middle. You know, there's definitely some smaller markets who I'm like, right, it's it's not like you're trying to do everything to win. Like it's, it's, let's re- let's let's react or let's slow down, pretending you're a victim here. You know, but there's also small markets who I think run good organizations who just kind of like, yeah sorry, bro. <laughs> you're not New York city. You're not Miami <laughs> players. Don't want to go there. You know? So there's, there's truth in the middle there. It did feel like the entire CBA was kind of like, what can we do to punish players for not wanting to play in our cities? Uh, and, and this just feels like a continuation of that. It feels like a lot of people who bought the Utah jazz, the Oklahoma city thunder, um, the milwaukee Bucks, like pick your pick your unglamour market they're like i spent two billion dollars here you have to at least i know players aren't dying to live in my city but enough like something you know that sort of thing
2: right 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 that's i it's a little unfair and i don't you know i'm not a big dame guy i don't love the guy he's fine uh but, uh, yeah, the comments are thrown in Ben Simmons and Kyrie can do anything all year after every year. And then they finally shut it down on Dame. Now, part of it is maybe um, they do it to Dame and they release the statement and, and maybe they discipline him, whatever discipline it is. Maybe it's just a slap on the wrist. But if they do it to Dame, it's kind of like a, a trickle down effect to where, yeah, we're going to do it to everyone else, too. Right. Because doing it, at Ben Simmons, is obvious. Like, guys joke. Right. Like that. Well, I also,
1: what,
2: you know, it doesn't mean
1: I'll- much. I also think this kind of speaks to the NBA screwing the whole thing up. Like, you're right to say, like, oh, you're gonna do it to Dame after you did nothing to Ben Simmons or Kyrie? Like, yeah. Why do you think Dame why do you think Dame's representation felt comfortable doing this? So maybe you should have done something four years ago. When mm-hmm. all these guys were doing all this stuff, that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about
2: it. Him, his agent coming out, and, and this was weeks ago. This wasn't recent. His agent coming out and saying like, "Hey, Dame's not gonna, not gonna show up uh, if you're gonna trade uh, for him." Was now okay? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Does this end of the day change what everyone thinks will happen that Dame will get traded to Miami? Probably not, and I think that's the most interesting part to me.
1: I know they're trying to force him to Miami. It kind of seems like teams think Dame's closer to Bradley Beal than they do they he's closer to Steph Curry. That's the vibe I'm getting because it seems like Bo- Boston comes to mind. Boston should have traded for Dame. Yes. Yes. There and they paid a lot of money to Jalen Brown. And you know, good. I like Jalen to be. I don't know if I like him that much, but like, I like Jalen. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, he's 26, no. but uh, there's a lot of teams who are looking at it. It's like $60 million for Dame when he's 36. I don't want that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's really suppressing his market more than his agent is. If I'm being honest with yeah. you. Yeah, uh, I, I have no sources on that. I can't I can't prove that to be true, but it does feel like the bigger impediment on Dame is like, if OK, if you're trading for Dame, you kind of have to believe you're a real contender, right? You have to believe that like Dame is the final piece to the puzzle. Yeah, uh, I can understand why Miami wants him. Miami is like kind of there, but they don't have a guy who can like get a bucket, right? Makes total sense. You, you agree with me? Yeah, Bo-
2: I mean Miami's there, Boston's there. Those, those Boston's two teams, Boston's
1: yeah. the other one that's obvious to me. But like, uh,
2: how many other teams do you think like Dame is the missing piece for? I mean, like, if Philly wasn't such a mess, like I I throw that in there. And it, but he's know, he's hard, better. He's better than Harden. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. I, I throw that in there. But I mean, you're right. <laughs> Milwaukee's doesn't really have any moves left, right? So that that's kind of. That's I'm sure they'd it. like. I'm sure they'd like him, but yeah, they're, they're not. New, the New York, New York's kind of. Are, are they waiting more on a wing type of younger guy, right? But, but, or, we, they got Jalen Brunson okay, there. Okay, you put him. Th- you put him on New York. What are they? A six seed, second round team. Yeah, they're a second round team. They're already wow. a second round team. <laughs> like that's it. I mean, I would say that's it. Yeah, they're not. They're not beating the. They're not beating the Bucks, right? They're not beating a Giannis. They're not beating the the Celtics. I, I, you're right. You're right. I, I think the comparison for him may be closer to Beal than he is to Steph. I think is fascinating. How good is he? Is, is does he does he actually move the needle that much for most of these guys, or is it a contract thing? Is a con- But but that's I, the Beal situation. Where I think it's that
1: he's mark. obviously good. Everyone would want him, but is he good enough to like trade half your team and half your
2: draft picks? Which goes back to the to the to the Chris Haynes tweet, the memo from Adam Silver. Um, the player empowerment stuff is is really it works out really well when you're LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're a top five player of all time, it works out really well. It, it works out for Kevin Durant too. I was you just know? gonna say, so half the time it's worked out for Kevin Durant. He won two titles with the Warriors, but it also it didn't work out for Kevin Durant though. So. Right, He went to Brooklyn, and we'll see about Phoenix. Phoenix looks loaded. They look very good, but we don't know. Uh, so I would say with KD, it's like maybe a, a hit and a miss. So he's batting 500. And then you're talking about all these other guys. James Harden's one. You go down the line of these guys. Bradley Beale's now traded. Uh, Joel Embiid's going to request a trade suit. I mean, it's just all, all these guys that are forcing people to trade them, and they go somewhere, and it just doesn't work out. Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving. These guys are asking out every six months and they just it just it doesn't matter, right? They're just not good enough for it to matter. So I don't know, maybe Adam Zover's not had enough. Good for him. We'll see what I what I'll actually discipline them with, Sam. I doubt that they actually do anything. What are they? Maybe that's they're, That's they're, the maybe- other part. I'm like, I'm
1: like skeptical. This is anything more than like a traffic ticket or like a you know <laughs> I'm sending you to a room. 50000 dollars fine. Okay. William Mitchell goes, I'm still drawing a line with Dame after Kyrie, KD, and Harden experience. Yeah. That's also why it's like hilarious that it feels it just it feels like a veiled threat, you know? Yeah. It does. Yeah. 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 I saw a funny tweet, or do we call it an X now? (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I wanted to share this. I, I didn't even think about this, but all right. Did you know Bill Curley? was the final Warriors player to wear number 30 before Steph Curry.
2: Dude, I didn't even know he was on a team. I'm not going to lie to you. 2001, 10-year-old Andy. 15 games, 15 total games. Goodness, no shot. I'm not going to
1: lie It's It's pretty funny because, like, you know, no one's going to wear number 30 after Steph retires. I don't think that's a hot take. I think we've all acknowledged that's how it's going to go. And it just had me going down memory lane a little bit, you know, had me kind of thinking, who are your favorite Warriors pre-Core Dynasty? You know, was Bill Curley on the list? I got a top
2: three for you. I, right, a top, I, got, I got a top three for you. Um, They're they're pretty, uh, it's straightforward. It's guys that everyone knows because the Warriors mm-hmm. have had a lot of bad players. I'm not I'm not going to throw Calper Cheney at you. I'm not going to throw Michael Peters at you. I'm not going to throw. Uh, Sarunas has his Keviches at you. So I'm going to throw guys that I actually enjoy. Well, Sarunas Marcelones. Yeah. <laughs> number one, easily, easily number one. Baron Davis, by far. Um, still like watching him play. Um, I think as I get older, I think like he wasn't as good probably as I thought, but uh, growing up watching him, super, super big combo point guard. Uh, could be a lockdown defender when he wanted to, right? Didn't to turn the ball Aaron. over. Nope. Yep. Ever. Just he was awesome to watch when the Warriors traded for him and he was kind of not great, and then he exploded, we believe, all that stuff. Uh, Amazing. So number one, easy for me. Number two, uh, he was the only guy that got – he was the only guy that would get popularity on the Warriors outside of – like ever outside of the Bay Area. Jason Richardson, right, because of the dunk contest. So he was there. Of course, the Warriors didn't have anybody at any All-Star Games. Nobody cared but the Warriors, but you had this guy who was the greatest dunker of all time. So number two for me, super easy, Jason Richardson. And number three, you're going to love this one uh, because he – I was a little bit older when I started watching him. Andres Biedrins. I thought he was going to yes. be unbe- – Dude, I thought he was going to be unbelievable because he had this spin move. Mayor of Manor Dr- West. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Manor West. Wow, that is a, that is a throwback to the uh, Dude, to the old days. Wonder what he's got now in SF. Anyway, he was unbelievable. I thought <laughs> the Fritos throws met a ruin his confidence. Don Nelson was it got a little weird there near the end, but he got a big contract from the Warriors. Um, kind of vanished once he got back to Latvia, uh, or wherever he wherever. I, like from, but, uh, I loved him. The
1: current Warriors would love Andres Biedrins because he 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 literally like first off, <coughs> actually knows how to set a screen. Actually knows how to roll to the basket and can make a second pass if he needs to. Um, literally the epitome of like the rim running big man that they actually want, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh also, you know, not the type of guy who cared if you played 35 minutes or 21 minutes a night. Like it, it's just it's a nice player.
2: He's yep. And solid I mean, defender I mean, Clay would love him. Be his best friend. Yeah. Be amazing. I
1: mean, I'm look. I can't tell you how excited I am for the clay Daria Saric uh, boat Instagram live. That's it's gonna happen. I don't know if it's gonna happen in camp or it's gonna be more of a like January thing, but it's happening.
2: Yeah. God. I miss Andres, man.
1: I miss him. Who are your yeah. favorites? So my I knew you were gonna say Baron, so I didn't go there. I'm gonna yeah. go with who was my favorite when I was younger, and that's Gilbert Arenas. I was so pissed off when they lost him. I can't, because they got him in the second round. Um, Obviously, he was really good at Arizona, but he was known as a knucklehead uh for whatever reason. <laughs> um, and about a year into the Warriors, he just, he did what good players do, which is figured it out. And he was too good. They had to start starting him. Like they didn't want to, and he just, he just he just outplayed everyone. He was that good. I think he was better than Baron Davis, honestly. Uh, and then they lost him after year two, and then they changed the CBA and created the Gilbert Arenas provision to allow you to care, to keep second-round picks you had. But like for my money, I still think he's above Baron in terms of best point guard on the Warriors underneath, you know, number 30. Yeah, he's yeah, obviously yeah. number one. Uh, it just it was the only time. Other than Chris Weber. And I was like nine years old when the Warriors had Chris Weber and they lost him after one year. It's the only time I was like, oh, this is like a real superstar. This is what they look like. This is a, this is a guy who can get his at any time. This is a guy who's who's a little different and who can, who can score on anyone. And and like, lo and behold, he did that for the Wizards until his you know knee gave out. So for me, Gilbert will always stand in my mind as the guy I was maybe it ties perfectly. Cause I was like a teenager. I was just so pissed when they lost him, yeah. you know? Um, but they didn't really have anyone else. So it was like, when you find someone on a garbage team, you like yes. latch onto them more than anything.
2: Yes. Yeah. He was, he was the Monte Ellis before Monte Ellis, and he's a lot better than Monte Ellis ever was. But Monte Warriors fans loved him because he was the, I'm going to go get buckets type of guy. Mm-hmm. And Warriors fans, it always felt like you never got that guy. I never got a guy that could just get I mean until until Steph came along, but Monte was that guy, and then Gilbert was that guy way before. Did like, you, you know? I, yeah. Did you know
1: Gilbert averaged 29 points and six assists on the Wizards? Also throwing up 37% from three top five and makes. Like
2: he what? he he was 24 years old. He had, he had a moment there. Who is Gilbert Arena's closest to in today's game? Combo
1: of Damon Harden. If I'm being honest with you, he's, uh, he's bigger than Dame. Um, he's not, but like, like kind of like Harden, but he's not as sloth like as Harden. I think he's a mix of the two of them. I mean, his knee gave out at 25, you know what I mean? Like at 24, 25, he was averaging 28 points a game, 29 insane. points a game. Like, you know, like he, he, who knows where his career goes. I kind of think it was on the Dame Harden trajectory where, you know, like, a tier below Kobe, that type of thing. Yeah, 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 But like, I I do think that's the level of player he was. Like he was, I mean, he dropped 60 on a LeBron team. Like he's, he's a pretty, pretty special player, yeah. you know? Yeah. Also has an interesting podcast.
2: And I, I love,
1: guy. yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fan. Right. Not usually so, a player 60, podcast. 60 on Kobe, my bad. I think it was forty-some on LeBron.
2: You might have hit on. You might have hit on 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 Agent Zero on Hibachi. He had. Uh, he also had great nicknames, and uh, that was one where, as a Warriors fan, you know that you know you are never going to get lucky with anything. And of course, of course, the time, the one time they find a guy in the second round that's not a bust, can't even keep him. Old school Warriors.
1: Oh, someone in the, by the way, people in the chat are going maybe Jamal Murray. I don't hate that comp. I think Jamal's. You know what? You know what? I'm I'm a. By the way, would you rather have Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell? God, that's tough. Probably
2: Jamal Murray. Probably. Yeah, Jamal Murray. I,
1: I, I was like, I'm trying not to yell it because of recency
2: oh, bias, God. but I feel the same way. You know, based on based on a couple of things. I, I I mean, number one for me is, I, I think he's a much better off ball player. That matters a lot more when you're playing with Nikola Jokic. Donovan Mitchell's never played with anyone close to Nikola Jokic, so I'd probably go there. Murray's probably a better shooter too. So.
1: I think those are probably two things. I I agree with you. I think he's a significantly better shooter, Mm. and I
2: think he's a chucker, man.
1: He's a chucker. Just to be just to be frank, I don't think either of them are first options on a title team. No, no, no. no. And Murray knows exactly how to play off of a great player. And how many times do you need to see Jamal Murray elevate his game in the playoffs before you are like? All right, I'm not going to judge him because he averages 21 and five a game. Like yeah. he's a, he's terrifying, dude. He yeah, can he dog. can shoot. He can shoot the shit out of the ball from yeah. everywhere on the court.
2: Yeah. He's got a dog in him. Comments bring up prime Brandon Roy, Roy. by the way, who was one of my favorite players growing up. That's not he, a
1: terrible. That's not a terrible comp either. His, yeah, another I mean, guy
2: I, whose knees gave out on him. I thought this dude was going to be. I thought this dude was going to be just as good as like Dwayne Wade. Or something like that different type of player but like impact. he was he was for like a year and a half you're right yeah no i mean
1: it's it's like rough i hate i hate i hate watching that with players where it's just uh, the legs go and like what yeah. we don't really deal with it it's just rough. all right i'm gonna end it on this so we're we're talking about favorite ex-warriors uh obviously it has a tilt to when we were both kids um what player would you want to put on this current team and we're not going to we're not going to take Baron or Gilbert because the, like, yeah, yes, I'd like to put Baron Davis on the words, you know, even you go, though you go first. I think, you know, my answer. Well, I,
2: I was hoping you go first so I could think about my answer. All right. I got you. Uh, so, so my so the answer <laughs> that I was going to give was going to be easy. I was going to go Andres, Um, because he's a very good rim runner. He's a he was a decent de- defender at his size. Uh, wasn't scared of catching and lobbying and going to the rim. Pretty smart player. I didn't. I don't know how much passing he has in his game, but they probably could have unlocked some using him and Steve Kerr's system. I think Andres Bidjans would be a perfect energy big. Honestly, right now, the Warriors, what they're missing is Andres Bidjans. They are hoping that Trace Jackson Davis fills that role. Trace Jackson Davis, kind of the same... Like, hey, say- undersized a little energy, right? Like they, you know. So I think yeah. Andres for me, that's number one, dude. That is the guy that I need on this team. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going curveball. They need Mike Dunleavy. Oh my <laughs> God. Honestly,
1: they could use he's a four or five in today's NBA. Let's be honest. He could shoot the hell out of the ball. Um, but my answer is gonna be that. My answer is actually gonna be Al Harrington. That's a good one. It's a great uh, one. Well, I don't know. Al Harrington is the epitome of an enigma. The dude had the perfect stretch big man yep. skill set. Some yep. some games he brought it uh, against the Dallas Mavericks and in that playoff run with we believe he brought it, but there's a lot of nights where he had a nice two for eight and did nothing type of stuff. Uh, I, I think I should go with Steven Jackson, honestly. Yeah. I know you're not a stack jack guy, He's a little bit of a chucker, but it's just a big wing dog feels like the safest bet for me.
2: Yeah, a lot bet. of the ball in his hands, a lot of turnovers, a lot of techs, just a lot of dream on shades of dream on green for me. By yeah, it's, it's very Draymond-ish. Yeah. Very Draymond-esque. Good one. You go Al Harrington's an interesting one. No Monte Love, though. No, like score off the bench. Get get get, get mean, you 10 quick ones, right? I'm like, looking cool. at the current Warriors.
1: Aside from like, yeah, if, if you could add a Baron or a Gilbert who are superstars, you'd do it. Like they're not hurting for guards, right. you know. Right. I'm looking to add I'm looking to add a three, four, or five. Yeah. You know? So get
2: Tor Murphy in there. Get a- Yeah.
1: Someone goes Molly in the chat. Like, yeah, sure. Um Molly'd be great, but like even that, that's that's I want I want a four or five. If you're if you're if you're telling me I, mean, I guess I guess the obvious answer is wilt Yeah, throw okay, a wilt all out. right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean neither of us are watching. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was just to... a
2: few CBA throws in Brandon Rush, by the way, another guy whose knees fell apart, but he was a great three and D, three and D player. Was, yeah, Robert Parrish I'm I'm trying to limit it to players I actually watch play
1: regularly, guys. So, you know, I <laughs> yeah, I didn't even feel comfortable throwing Chris Weber out there, rookie Weber. But I don't know. We'll end it there. All right, man. Appreciate you. You got here. Thank <sighs> you.